plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Tuesday, September the fifth edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, opening day uncertainty. With Hurricane Irma looming, the NFL is searching for alternatives for when to play the Dolphins-Bucks game. Offensive stat predictions coming your way and cleaning up a few omissions from yesterday's show. But before that, I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, or wherever you get your podcast from. Drop me a five-star rating, write me a nice review. Helps our podcast get a higher rating, helps you guys out as well. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Heat podcast for your national and local coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Check out my personal quarterback-driven website, thirdand10.com, all about the quarterbacks around the league as well as college football. Going to have season predictions up this week as well as quarterback power rankings. But first, I have to tell you guys about Bust.com. What is Bust.com? Bust.com is a shuttle service taking fans to and from the football game, servicing from Miami Beach to Hard Rock Stadium. There's a $5 round-trip introductory price for Week 1, the September 10th game. Provided that's when it still is, these coach buses are air-conditioned with bathrooms on board. No more traffic, no more parking at the stadium. Who wants to be a DD? No one. So you can enjoy the game the way you want to with all your friends and family having a good time on the way and back from the game. Not going to be at Miami Beach? That's okay. You can request a new route or a different stop along the way through the website at bus.com or you can use the app that puts you in contact with other riders from the team at bus.com. Again, that's bus.com, a shuttle service to and from the football game at Miami at Hard Rock Stadium, September the 10th or whenever that game is played. All right, so back to the Locked On Dolphins podcast here and talking about that opening day game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, scheduled for September the 10th, Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. However, there's a hurricane heading hot and heavy towards the southeastern coast of Florida, and that has been the big topic of the week so far as the Dolphins try to scramble to get their eggs in one basket and figure out where exactly this game is going to be played and when it's going to be played. Now, the majority of the storm is projected to hit around Friday or Saturday or so in that range and last all the way through the weekend. So the Dolphins are trying to figure out if they should play the game at a different location, whether that's Jacksonville or Atlanta or Charlotte or some other some other stadium on the East Coast or move the game to Thursday, Friday, possibly Monday next week. I don't know. I'm not really sure how that's going to work or when they're going to do it. It sounds like the Dolphins and Bucks are both interested in having the game be on Thursday or on Friday, so the Dolphins could be open the season sooner than we originally had thought, not on Sunday, September the 10th, but rather Thursday, 
the 7th, along with the New England Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs, or Friday the 8th. It sounds like there's going to be some hurricane force, high-speed winds on Friday, so I'm not sure if that's feasible or even if it is on Thursday because of the fact that you know the town has to prepare and the league or and the the entire city has to get itself ready with law enforcement and get everything you know shaped up and ready to go to take on a storm hopefully one not the size of that Houston just dealt with so everyone please stay safe out in Miami during the storm and you know football is obviously secondary during this time but if we learn anything it's that football can be a great distraction from real life so here I am on the Dolphins Locked On Dolphins podcast talking to you guys about the upcoming game up to, upcoming season opener and the rebirth of Miami Dolphins football back into your life, whether that is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Either way, the Dolphins are going to play a game this week, most likely. The other alternative is that they both teams use up their bye week in Week 11 and play a 16-game stretch of games, which I don't think either team wants to do at this point. So I will have you guys updated on that on Twitter, at NFL and at LockdownFins. I'll let you guys know what's going on with that. When you can find the game on your local coverage or DirecTV, I actually made it a point to call DirecTV today, and they informed me that the game will be televised on Sunday Ticket regardless of the date and time. So you can trust them at their word or not. If you've dealt with DirecTV before, you know it's kind of a uh, dicey situation. So I should have more for you guys on tomorrow's show. I imagine they're going to make a decision today on Tuesday and uh, figure out when that game will be played. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. All right, let's get back to football here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about some offensive stat predictions. This is something I do every year just for my own my own fun and kind of looking back at what the team accomplished last year and where they can improve and where I think they will improve or regress in that sense too, I suppose. But last year, this team, the big sticking point for me with this team last year was the number of plays they ran. They ran 913 offensive plays, which was dead last in the NFL. The average for plays ran last season was 1,022. And the team that ran the 10th most plays was the Cincinnati Bengals with 1,050 plays. So 1,050 gets you into that top 10. And that's about where I think the Dolphins will be this year. We'll come back to that here in a second. But just going over the stats from last year, as a team passing, the Dolphins completed 316 passes out of 476. That's 66.3% completions for 27 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 3,716 yards, and at a really impressive 7.8 yards per pass clip. Now, that number, I figure, is going to increase next year, or this year, excuse me, just because of more continuity in the system, less mistakes, and just a better general offense and cohesion together. Rushing the ball last year, 405 carries for 1,824 yards, a 4.5 average, very good again, for 14 touchdowns. So the Dolphins were efficient last year. They just didn't run as many plays as everybody else. They were very explosive and very efficient. They just, just didn't have the volume to have the gaudy statistics like you see in you know the big-time offensive clubs like Pittsburgh and New England. And not saying the Dolphins are on that track to be that. I mean, they could be, but that's just where you want to be and where you want to compare yourself. And the only place the Dolphins really were lacking was the volume of plays ran, whereas in efficiency, they were right up there with all those juggernaut offenses. As a receiving group, these are the targets that the Dolphins received last year. Jarvis Landry had 131. Devontae Parker had 87. Kenny Stills had 81. Jakeem Grant had one, Leonta Carew had six, Jordan Cameron got 22, D. 
Deion Sims, 35, and Marquise Gray had 17. So that's about where they were last year. And then this year, I think things are going to be a little bit different. Last year, they ran the ball 48% of the time and passed at 52. And I know everyone's excited about Jay Cutler and what he could possibly bring to this team. And I think that that, you know, it could be something similar. But I'm going to go ahead and bump up that number to an even 50-50 split, which is pretty rare in the NFL these days. Only two teams last year, the Dallas Cowboys and Buffalo Bills, had more rushing attempts than passing attempts. And I think the reason the Dolphins fit into that category now is because they are working in a new quarterback and because, in my opinion, they have a star running back just waiting to get even more exposure than he got last year in Jay Ajayi. I think that running game is really going to take off even more this year. But first, the passing stats. Here's what I have projected. So going from last year's 476 passing attempts, I think you're going to have a 525 pass attempts this year and 525 rushing attempts as well. So that 50-50 split there up from 405. So a big jump in running plays this year. Hopefully the Dolphins are leading in more games and grinding out close wins at the end of the games with Jay Ajayi. And the interesting thing is how many carries Jay Ajayi got compared to the rest of the team. I mean, Ajayi had 26 carries last year, and the next closest was... Actually, Ryan Tannehill with 39 carries and then Damian Williams, 35. So Jay Ajayi gets right around 70% of the team's carries. I, if he does that again with the number that I'm projecting, you're looking at 360 carries. So I can't give him that much. So let me come back to that here in one second, get back to the quarterback. Here's my, predict- my predictions for Jay Cutler this year. He will complete 331 of those 525 pass attempts. That's a 63% clip down from last year's. He's just a little bit more of a gunslinger, a little bit more erratic, going to throw some balls high and wide and all that stuff. So completion percentage comes down a little bit. The yardage is going to be 3,990, just short of 4,000 passing yards. And that's going to be at 7.6 yards per throw, two yards per throw lower than last year. And not because I think they're going to have less explosive plays. I just think he's going to miss more passes than Ryan Tannehill did. Therefore, you get more zero-yard gains opposed to the little you know five, six-yard gains that Tannehill would pick up on little easier throws. So 3,990 yards at, at 7.6 yards per clip, 30 touchdown passes, and 17 interceptions. And what that means for the receivers, the targets last year, like I mentioned, Jarvis Landry goes from 131. I think that number is going to come down this year to 110, and I'll tell you why here in a second. Devontae Parker will get 90 targets this year. I know that seems a little bit low, but I just think the Dolphins are going to run the ball more, like I mentioned earlier in the show. Kenny Stills on giving 100 targets. And then Julius Thomas, 35 targets. Anthony Fasano, 25. Marquise Gray, 20. And the running backs, 100 targets to give you your 525. So here are the receiver stats. Jarvis Landry's 110 targets result in 77 catches. That's a 70% catch rate for 924 yards. That's a 12 yards per catch rate with five touchdowns. Kenny Stills, 50 catches on 100 targets for 850 yards. That's 17 yards per catch right where he was last year with eight TDs coming down one from last year. And then Devontae Parker's big jump is going to be in the yards per catch and the touchdown numbers. He will catch 65 of his 90 targets for 1,040 yards. That's a 16-yard per catch average, which is more something similar along the lines to his 2015 number when he was making bigger plays and getting less targets. So I kind of feel like that's going to be where he is, more of the big play guy. I know they'll probably pump some some screens and some slants and those quick routes to him as well, but I just think he's going to be more of a downfield target this year than he was last year. And the Dolphins will obviously spread the football around. That's kind of a function of the Adam Gaze offense. So big numbers from those guys. I don't. I didn't get into the stats and the other guys. I think it's all going to be spread around pretty evenly. Not enough numbers to write home about. So passing game will be impressive and efficient in that way. But where I'm really expecting the big jump this year is from the running game. And that's from Jay Ajayi. I mentioned last year that his 260 carries accumulated 
for accounted for 64% of the Dolphins running plays. I'm going to bump him up to 67% carries this year. So 350 carries, 1,750 yards, and 15 touchdowns for Jay Ajayi this year. It's five yards per carry. I think this guy's the next superstar in the league. He just looks so punishing running the football and so decisive on his cuts. And he's a workhorse, and Adam Gaze wants to feed him the ball. He did it to him last year. He's going to do it again. He's going to rely on number 23 to take this team to the playoffs. And Ajayi's going to deliver big in the ground game. So those are the offensive predictions for this year. Jay Cutler, 3,390 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Jay Ajayi, 350 carries, 1,750 yards, 15 touchdowns. Jarvis Landry, 77 catches, 924 yards for five touchdowns. Kenny Stills, 50 catches, 850 yards, eight touchdowns. And Devontae Parker, 65 catches, 1,040 yards, and 12 touchdowns leading the way in yardage and touchdowns for the Dolphins. So that's going to be your offensive production this year. You can go ahead and tweet me at Wingfield NFL. Tell me your predictions. Tell me how wrong I'm going to be. I'm sure I will be. Just trying to base it off of last year, where these play, the individual as well as the team, what you can expect this year in the in the projections from last year as well. So that's where I think they'll be. And I can't quite give you guys a prediction for record yet because I'm going to do the preview show tomorrow going game by game and talking about which games the Dolphins are going to win, which games they're going to lose, and what the scores will be, who's going to give them the toughest contest, all that kind of stuff on tomorrow's episode. But before I finish up today's episode, I forgot some stuff yesterday I want to talk to you guys about. I talked about who were possibly some of the big surprises of camp and who were some of the snubs of the roster. And three guys that I actually had making the team were cut and consequentially picked up by other clubs. Lafayette Pitts, the cornerback, the special team standout, he got basically beat out by Torrey McTire, and he went to Jacksonville. So he's on a team now, 53-man roster, good for Lafayette. Deion Lacey, linebacker, he made some plays in the preseason, missed some plays as well, played good on special teams also. He is now in Buffalo. I'm not going to tell him good luck there because we don't like the Bills around here too much. And another guy that I thought would make the roster, the receiver, Demora Stringfellow, he was picked up by the Jets, so no good luck there either. Like the players, don't like the teams they landed on. So those guys found found homes. The Dolphins had five undrafted rookies make the team. That is punter Matt Hack, cornerback Torrey McTire, safety Maurice Smith, tackle Eric Smith, and guard Jesse Davis. Now I told you guys on yesterday's program that Jesse Davis was going to be the starting left guard. That is actually not correct. They named Anthony Steen the starting left guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. We'll see how long that sticks. I mean, the guy had a really rough time last year picking up exotic type of blitzes, you know, stunts and twists and different types of variations along the front line. I'll be curious to see how long he lasts. I mean, he had a pretty bad rookie year, has been up and down in the preseason. We'll see how long he lasts there before someone takes his job, whether it's Ted Larson coming back off a boomerang IR, which he was put on IR today, by the way, and also... Sam Young was brought back as well with a new contract coming back to not guarantee that big payday for Sam Young. So he is back with the club, Ted Larson to IR, and Anthony Steen, your starting left guard. That will do it for today's show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. That really helps me out. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and check out 3rd10.com. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And we'll probably have an answer for you on when that game will be. So Locked on Dolphins podcast tomorrow, your daily dose of Dolphins football fins up.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.